You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And for this episode today, we decided to travel back to Sweden in the 1990s. 1990, to be exact. Well, or is it 89, really, is when this was actually recorded. So we're even going farther back. And we're going to discuss mental destructions when madness strikes. We'll actually be talking about, well... Primarily the sound source version, which was the pre-Cold Meat Industry label. And the Cold Meat Industry later reissued it on CD in 1995 in a very nice package. Mm-hmm. And this is a sort of an anomaly in of the time, the industrial scene and the Swedish scene. And kind of a unique band and you know along the lines of machine and zimmer 412 but with with one very glaring difference and that is that this is orthodox industrial this is christian death industrial absolutely really excited to discuss this and yes as gray said we're primarily to be discussing the sound source cassette version and on the extra segment for the patrons we'll be discussing the four bonus tracks on the cd this really great, cool CD. But before we get into mental destruction, Gray, what have you been listening to? Well, I was I was sticking around the '90s a bit. I listened to uh, N. Nihil Assertive Order of Obedience on Labyrinth. Uh, I think we've talked to Eric Hoffman about this tape a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll talk to N. Nihil about it someday. Hey, that would that, be spectacular. That might be happening. And I've had this forever. Labyrinth was one of those labels that I got into and started buying tapes from when I first started discovering, you know, mail ordering tapes direct from labels and that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't know. This is this is one of my like oldest owned noise tapes in terms of how long I've personally had it. And I always dug it and I threw it on again. It's been a while since I listened to it. It's a long one, 70 minute cassette. Love that. And uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about that one more in the future. So I'll leave it at that. And then yeah. uh, Macronympha Ultimate Vibrator got a double CD reissue on Usagi Sewer Elections label out of Sweden. And you guys have this one? I feel like you must. We have the cassette of this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, and it's in a wooden package with different pictures pasted on depending what version you have. Mm-hmm. I, I actually was when, when this reissue came out, we were sent, I was sending pictures with someone else who had the tape and they had a different picture on the wooden box. Yeah, I think they were all but, hand assembled, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah, I mean, it's a great one. It's a great one. It really, really fit the mood. Uh, and the double CD is quite nice. If you can track it down, I got mine from our friends at thousands of dead gods. I, I do want to pick up the double CD and I believe I may be picking it up this weekend, but I've heard that the tape and CD do sound very different. The, the mastering I heard is, is, is not like a night and day situation. I, well, we all know about macro mastering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will, we'll see. Yeah. So it's like you get two macro releases by having the same release again. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really cool one and I yeah, I love the packaging cuz it it is it is you it's it's a 90 minute one. Yeah, it's a long it's a long yeah. one. 
Is there any bonus tracks or is it just the... I don't believe so. I think it's just the release, but I, of course, could be ill-informed. And also, uh, sticking with, well, at least, you know, came out on a Swedish label, and this is decidedly Swedish, is Sewer Election Horse Utopia on Ideal, uh, another CD which I thankfully grabbed from Dead Gods, and big fan of sewer election i've said it here numerous times i've worked with him on the label from way back in the early days and one of the earliest continue to enjoy pretty much everything he puts out and this is no different it's like 45 minutes of some blasting nasty noise across three tracks and yeah sounds like sewer election sounds good i got another sewer election that i haven't listened to which is psychic panorama I cracked the cellophane on it, but I have not thrown it in the in the player yet. Open that, it up. That'll be soon. That'll be very soon. And one last thing I actually got recently uh, that I didn't know I needed, but the eye decay theory or when the garden becomes a time lapse, a compilation of spontaneous combustion witnesses. This is a LP compilation from 1991 out of Portugal. And the reason I grabbed it is because there is an S-Core track on it. But Yeah, the, the lineup looks so cool. You sent us a picture of the lineup. The I want to know great. more about this Witness to Spontaneous Combustion. Well, I love the title. The whole Amazing. title. One of those just long, confusing titles mm-hmm. with a subtitle or, you know, a compilation of Spontaneous Combustion Witnesses. We must and know more. Also, like, Portugal in the early 90s. I'm not... I know there was certainly a scene there and there's some labels out of there, tape labels and such, but... This this lineup is like PGR, Desaccord Majeure, Escort, Bourbonese Qualk, Wen, and a bunch of others that I'm not familiar with. And it is a, a cool, weird record that I'm I'm happy to have. The Escort track is of course great, and so is the PGR track. And I really like Wen. We should maybe talk about them sometime. They're such an anomaly. I know some of their stuff had gotten uh reissued, I think, by Ideologic Organ. Um, but and Jester Records, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s, was doing some reissues and collections of their stuff. But yeah, that is my recent listening. Connelly's, what have you been listening to? Well, after we got to talk to Sean and Richard, well, you and I got to talk to Sean and Richard, Greg, Tara just had to listen in Sigh. on us talking to Sean and Richard. It was really fun to listen back, though. It was great. But yeah, it's all it's always fun talking to Sean and Richard, but I wanted to check out some of those projects that they when we asked them, what are you excited about other than the staples, Black Lair Jesus, mm-hmm. etc. So we checked out a bunch of the projects that they mentioned, Perfume of the Lady in Black, Knife Tape Rope. That one that one was really good. The Perfume of the Lady in Black is Sean, Richard, and Scott Kinberg. Mm-hmm. And de- definitely excited to get that movie that they mentioned. I think is that the was that the Laughing Woman that was the, the I think the director of Perfume and Lady in Black. Or oh was yeah, Hotel I think Fair? I think you're right. Yeah, I already forget. But excited to see both right. those movies. Either way, I loved what they had to say about them. So yeah, so we were going through that, but then ended up also listening to the David Gilden Depressed Regress reissue that Richard just did. What a great one! I love a yes. lot of that. A lot of the Gildan stuff is is seeing the light of day. I know he just did a, a Lingula six CDR box that he announced. Yeah, the other I mean, day it just seems tour. endless the amount of stuff that's that there is. Yeah, I think that uh, that so, Gildan Texas Chainsaw Dope Fiend CD sold out like 
fast too. Just so there's obviously was, interest in his work. That was yeah. The the depressed regress is really cool. So we're we were listening to a lot of of that. That was last night's listening. Mm-hmm. Little different zone. Well, very different zone. Opposite zone in a way. We were listening to the Ali O D album that Project reissued, and that was just a, a good one to reset after a lot of noise. But also we were listening to Azure Skies. Yes. Which is a project of mental destruction and a collaboration between Samuel for Mental Destruction and Sanctum. Really cool. And it does feel like a very much a, a combination of those two. Mm-hmm. And Gray, you were saying that Sanctum had a, a another side project that you used to listen to a lot. Yeah, I think it's a, a Parca Pache. It's maybe Latin. I'm, I am way less uh, knowledgeable in such things than Tara is. But mm-hmm. uh, and it, this was a, a sounds like Latin. <laughs> right. And yeah, that is Jan Karlaklev of Sanctum. Uh, solo and I listened to that like I don't know it came out in 99 and I think I just like kept listening to it for like several years it was just on constant repeat I haven't dug it out in a while actually it's in a I remember correctly in like a slip case and those always it's in the slip case file that I probably yeah. need to look seven inch Sunday. We got to do like slip case CD totally. or something. The CDs that get lost. Yeah. That'll take a long time to prepare. Cause we'll have to dig hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I know where all my pure CDs are, but anything else that came like that is, uh, yeah, it can it's be rough. a total mystery. Yeah. And but, then you stick it between something else and you go, I'll remember where that is. And, and then five years later you find it. Yeah. And and then actually going back to some of Sean and Richard's stuff, we checked out that Red Hook project that that Sean mentioned that I wasn't familiar with. That's a really cool one. There's actually he's using synth on it, which I never think of Mm -hmm. Sean necessarily using. I think of Sean using rocks like you mentioned, you know, that kind of (laughs) stuff. Yeah, really cool project. So, yeah, it was really cool listening to their other projects that we you know something because there's so many it's hard to keep up so it's fun to hear their recommend like what they're psyched about and then go back and check those out so absolutely i gotta i gotta actually dig into some of that one yeah i when i did a trashware with sean it was he sent me photos of the rocks and i'm so like cool. i'm i'm in love with just like yeah some stones from their house with contact yeah. mics on them and Heck. it sounds great Heck yeah, but that is what we've been listening to. When Madness Strikes. I found this at like a outlet mall CD shop. Wow. Oh, wow. Like a, I'm not even sure if it was a Borders outlet. It might have been some other thing, but it was the nice like first edition of it with the, there's a, which actually mirrored the sound source cassette, like a embossed with the Mental Destruction logo, which is like a gear with a cross Mm, that's cool and the it was one of the first times i think i'd i'd seen a vellum overlay on something you know that was really exciting maybe and it changed gray's life maybe well this one was this was an early one for me and it was also i've never been much for religion uh not caring either way like you know whatever black metal or the christian industrial here and I found it very interesting that this that they were making this sort of music, but the the lyrics and focus of the band was 
their devotion to Christ, and also that it was two brothers in the band. I was raised an only child. My parents adopted uh, when I was in my 30s, uh, but not me, other children. But like imagining making this music with your brother and also like having that passion for religion that you both want to funnel into this thing coming from someplace like Sweden, which we don't associate necessarily with Christianity, especially musically. I think it's so cool that it was two brothers. Tara and I both have siblings, but not, we don't necessarily share interests in those ways. So it's not anything that would ever been an option for us. Yeah. We get along, but we're incredibly different. We are both definitely into religions and it's an endlessly fascinating subject. And I think what mental destruction is so interesting because it is Orthodox Christian, something that in a way is truly confronting for this genre you like you said mz412 and i think that's definitely sonically a big connection but obviously nordvarger coming from a satanic point of view and then mental destruction from a christian point of view i think it's much more confronting whereas we could talk about satan we, we just did teatro satanico yeah. we've done mz412 yeah. we could talk about satanic stuff all day no one would ever bat an eye but when you say christian people get there's like a a reaction to that. And I think it's great. I mean, it's, I love that this exists. I mean, Christianity, it's the one thing that you can, that you're allowed to basically ridicule and make fun of mental destruction, bringing that and confronting people who may not be used to being confronted with something like Christianity is incredible to me, especially paired with these sounds. Exactly. And, and truly the exploration here in addition to their passion for Christ the Savior, would also be the the ramifications for for not engaging in that behavior and truly going into the depths of hell and and thinking about what would happen to your soul and the consequences that everyone will have for not being Christian. Yes, and I think. We're entering a sonic hellscape, which, again, shares that, you know, that same viewpoint of everyone's mental journey through chaos, through Satanism, through other post-apocalyptic themes. All of that is just right here. Fire and brimstone. And I love this opening track, this intro without form. Yeah, the that noisy hiss and the the metal hit there's a lot of sounds of clanging metal on this record and it's it opens right up on the first and also this this spoken sort of megaphone distant uh intercom sort of background voice that's going on during it and that that nice rhythmic pulse and this is the edited version of without form there would be a sort of a full version of it on the intensity of darkness cd that came out in 91 and I like that this is just like, yeah, we're starting the record with this. This is what we start with. And on the cassette, it actually had the name Dark, Black, and Without Form. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. The void. But yeah, the, that just the throbbing tone and the cymbal clanging setting the mood. Yeah, and we, we discuss 
metal junk so frequently, but this album has the feeling of electronic metal junk. Yes, there is some junky electronics. Uh, yeah. And not in a junk noise way, in a really strange industrial way. So one of the things that makes this record really stand out to me when listening to it and just in memory and one of the reasons that we had decided to do this is 1989 recorded 1990 released right 1991 reissued on sound source 95 it got a cd this this is some like you know sort of early crude low bit rate sampler sequencer stuff so one of the things you hear on this is sampling something at say 12 bit or 8 bit or whatever and then pitching it down to make it sound heavier and nastier but it it gets this like bit decimation and aliasing and it's gristle so to weird. it yeah yes and it's the only other project that sort of really reminds me of this particular sound is uh the italian project casodio which uh, had a cd on on a black plague a malignant sub label in like 98 uh, I don't saw them perform. I, I, I know we don't know that. I saw them perform at uh, Octung America, that that oh, festival cool. that I've talked about a few times on the on the show. Guy from Casodio has a collaborative project with with Masahiko from Linecraft called Casocraft. They had a CD out in like 2014. Whoa! Wow. I don't, I'll okay, have to I check that. that. Yeah, it looks very much like a Linecraft thing. If cool. you see it, but, is it on three plugs? No, I think it's on Old Europa, though I may be wrong. Oh, cool. But. This the the metal clanging the the kind of shrill banging higher register metal and the slightly more junky stuff and also these overloaded frazzled beats and like you know yeah you say it's it's like junk electrics junk electricity and there yeah. is like mm -hmm. sounds like that on here that are just buzzing and crude but you also hear the artifacts from the samplers of the time and it. It makes it interesting to me because there's it's that's like generally I mean, these days with lo-fi being a lot more popular to people, even in, in popular music, you do hear some of that. And with the all kinds of crazy effects and stuff that are coming out, you do see more bit crushers and those sort of things that are available to make things sound like this. But back then it was simply a product of low bit sampling and then pitching down. So you actually hear this you know the bits of the sound trying to make up the thing you normally hear it's like slowing down a tape but instead it's digital so you're you're just crunching this sound and i i don't know i'm, I'm hooked on it i love when the yeah like heavy drum machine stuff comes in but it's like so crunchy in this way that isn't throwing a metal zone on it or doing something like that it's it, you know it, it's wrong you know it's, mm -hmm. it's it and that's what i like about it it's wrong and you know coming up to the first proper track wolfram 18 we are alone in hell's fire and we've this is our first track that's going to have vocals on it and i love the vocals and i love the lyrics the lyrics are incredibly simple minimal and they do a thing that's you don't see or i know it's something i try to avoid or whatever when doing lyrics but they're very rhyming oh they definitely while, rhyme <laughs> And, and, but I think again, it's, I, in my mind, they're coming very much from a metal 
background, Samuel would go on to run a metal label, End Time Productions. Mm-hmm. And this feels, you know, we we you can feel the metalness in Mental Destruction down to the actual CD face of this version that looks like a metal CD from the 90s. It's so awesome. It does. Oh, yes. The texture yeah. of yeah. it and the and the orange and red. Yeah. And then and, the that, and also feel. before before I forget, we should also note that. It, this the CD is cold meat industry slash functional. Yes. So we, I do want to make sure to note that functional is also part of reissuing this. But so there's obviously a very metalness that they're coming from. Even their look. I mean, the picture of them is you know that so hair. They look is like just, a metal is, band. There's no it, way it, to. Yeah, yeah. That, that hair is not, yeah. 80s, late 80s death metal hair. I love it. So I think that's probably where they're coming from with the way the lyrics are written. But the simplicity of it also works perfectly. And the whispering, the commanding whispering of this track. Oh, I love it. The vocal style on all of these tracks is pretty unique. And there's a nice variety on the record, which I I really enjoy. There's a actually there's a huge variety just in the sixth track on the CD. Definitely. <laughs> which yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll get to. But yeah, the the command the commanding whisper, but it's also because of the lyrics. There's this condemnation, and then it bursts out into those like wailing screams. When that part happens, it's so you're just immediately like, yes, hands in the air, I'm in. Yeah, you'll burn in hell's fire. So Wolfram is another word for tungsten, and tungsten is the element that has the highest melting point, uh, except for carbon. So. I love the concept of of this track, and that is even Wolfram will melt in the heat never felt that will be hell's fire. How phenomenal is that? Oh, it's you, amazing. your body, your soul will be licked by the flames of hell. There and I and I, it is a metal element, metal music element, and in having menacing lyrics, and truly, this track Wolfram eighteen is just that ultimate menacing threat of what is in store for you, the torture that's in store for you. And you even get to experience those screams of hell. Like I love it as a bridge, you know, you get, you get that crazy vocal delivery that is so measured. No, it's never unhinged and it, and it doesn't even seem like it's threatening you. It's just telling you exactly what is going to happen to you. Then you have the bridge that are the howls of all the souls being tortured in hell. Um, I just think it's great. And then, and then going out with these whispering screams, this is probably my favorite track. It's such a great way to start it. And it made me, it did make me think of what Slogan said about his whispering vocals being in his apartment at three in the morning. And I I was just wondering (laughs) if maybe they were in their own apartment at three in the morning doing the lyrics and that was the whisper (laughs) choice. But either way, I'm glad that that's the choice that was made. And in the hits are so crazy because at some points the the drum machine hits sound like a hammer and anvil and this one is almost like gunfire it's blast there's definitely going to be some gunfire and hammer and anvil coming later in the cd Mm -hmm. and this sort of sets you up for what the drums are going to sound like they're so primitive yeah everything about it is really crude i even drew like the very simple rhythm of this one in my notes oh yeah uh, amazing yeah. just like to remind me of how stripped down it is but how effective it is 
And then we get into When Time Is Over, No Time Will Be. What a title. And this this one has synth on it, which I feel like is the first we're sort of aware of a synthesizer or so, or a keyboard or something. But also like a, this plotting rhythm. And you're talking about the hits, these, these fried hits, these fried drum machine hits. They're just burnt. Oh, wait, are you talking about when they put the drum machine under a pile of dead leaves and then <laughs> recorded that? Because that's what I thought was I, happening. I, I don't know. I think that there was some apocalypse situation that all inhabitants died except for them. And then they were going around like scrounging for scrap pieces and then constructed their own drum machine out of all the things that they found after society had ended. I'm with you on that either way. However... It happened. This track is haunted. And that slow whisper, those minimal detailed electronics, like you said, that synth sound, this one truly creeps in the room in the, in a way that I just ooh, really got into this track. Yeah, that whispered repetition throughout it, I I really enjoy. And it's a short piece, you know, two and a half minutes. That's the thing is yeah. a lot of these are like straight and to the point. They're simplistic, but they don't overstay their welcome. And when they're not simplistic, they they tend to get a little bit longer form because they're really, really showing off a lot of different techniques, which we'll talk about. Well, we'll talk about when we get to the next track that was on the cassette, but the sound source cassette issue actually has two tracks in between, which are replicated on the CD. So Crossa, which is, I would say the anthem, the sort of the, if I think about this CD, this is the piece I remember. Well, it knocks you out of the stupor that when time over puts you in and it has that great almost church organs feel line that keeps coming back. Oh, I love it so much. And Krosa is is Swedish for crush. And and truly this track, you are, are certainly crushed. And that beautiful organ melody that is just base menace underneath this entire track is really, really lovely. And I can't stop thinking about concrete, like every track, like the way things resonate in here. It's just, it feels like we are bouncing around in a concrete room. My notes say stirring garbage because I pictured them just <laughs> with like a, a stick in a like yeah. industrial dumpster. Cause it's just like broken glass and metal and maybe some bits of meat or something in there. Like it's, it's rotten. And then also these, this one is where you really start to feel that, that bit crushing, that decimation, that nastiness of it. Like the samples, so it's junky. really low bit and crude, but and I wrote in my notes, but I like it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I think of it as concrete because you know, when you play in an empty concrete room and there's not much to stop the sound, you can't get anything to sound clear. Nothing sounds quite right because it's just like bouncing around the room and just that it, crazy way. Yeah. And then at that one point, everything gets destroyed and these tortured vocals just break everything apart. It's just a sick industrial track. It and, is so sick. And I think what it, I was so taken aback by when when listening to this, you know, right prior to recording, was just their approach because they they have that like short 
song approach. Right, right. And and you don't really expect it because I could see any of these tracks turning into a long form ambient piece, like getting some of those textures running and just letting it go for like six minutes, right. seven minutes. Like this style could really lend itself to being an extremely long form. Like I could see it, like any two of these tracks being 20 minutes like each and being in a whole album. Right. Yeah. And so just, just having that approach and, and moving so much and knowing that they're doing a lot of these things uh, in an, in a manual way with early equipment, well, just yeah. at how much work went into this because they're moving so frequently. Like you don't get comfortable in any one tone. You don't get comfortable in any one place. And even when they're looping, the loops never last more than a minute. Right. And, Again, recorded in 89, so you got to think that it is really primitive equipment. Yeah, it's it continues to draw me back to this release because of what they managed to produce with it. And the next track, man, this could be on any straight up harsh noise record. Maybe that. Yeah, the, talk about something that could be a long-form ambient piece. The fires of hell are surrounding. Lost souls are yelling. Hell never ends. Madness, industrial, instrumental. So much is happening in this track, but it's also so hard to see through the smoke. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. It's mm-hmm. just it is soaked in atmosphere and it's a sort of a culmination of all the sounds we've heard on the record yeah. already, but done in this. I mean, this is pure four minutes of noise and it sounds yeah. great. And it's the wind, awesome. Just the 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 potent winds that are just so omnipresent throughout the entire track. But at the same time, they're they're always shifting and, and never being comfortable. Yeah, to me it's just truly the opening of hell and the, and what is happening. And yeah. it's a, it's an, and, and again, the, 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 cause you know, thematically what this, all, all the lyrics are all setting us up for this. Yeah. And they're muffled murmurs. And, and again, it's, it's, it's providing that, that ominous threat and also opportunity for you to absolve yourself of hell. Yeah. This is definitely a standout, Again, I feel like every track we're just like, this is a standup. This is my favorite. But it is one of those albums that does that. Where as the album goes on, it's like, well, now this is my favorite. Well, now this is my favorite. And really, the centerpiece follows the opening of the Hellmouth because we are in the Walls of Madness, part one through seven. And to me, this was a traveling or a viewing of hell. I, I, yeah, I mean, for you, it was a viewing of hell. I was, I was picturing, um, I, again, I guess that is, that is part of the hellscape. Um, just a, a tortured person whose mind is ablaze and they can't calm their thoughts. And, you know, that, that psychological torment that they're constantly experiencing and then they pray for help and there the help is received and it releases that stronghold of torment from their mind. Right, I think it could be either psychological or literal. Exactly. So (laughs) this is either a hell that's in your mind, the mental destruction of your own mind, or it's actual because he says, you know, the madness growing wilder, the edge, the edge I cannot show, the echo shout and laughter now freed in a burning flow, 
The screams of thousands of nightmares running through my veins, the pains of endless visions tormenting my brain. So, right. So there's, so Mm -hmm. again, is it the vision is the vision in his brain or is the vision that he's viewing tormenting his brain either, you know, however you take it, I think it's, you know, it's such a, such an evocative. Yes. Such a, such a Bosch painting. Yeah. Yeah. This one's cool because it has different style vocals for all of the pieces in it all of the sections which mm-hmm. of which there are seven but it also has i mean unique music or pieces for each of it that are woven yeah. together so it is seven different sort of mini songs in this eight minute song and we get more of that bit crushed rhythm and nasty tone some of the vocals have like that tight delay kind of metallic sound to them uh, the third thing is like this weird ringing loop and it's really glitchy and uncomfortable feeling. And my favorite section, though, I think is what I uh, sort of jokingly wrote down as the we will rock you section, which is the the fourth portion of it, which is when it's like that is the that is the like anthem pump your fist part of this piece. <laughs> and, and that section is when madness strikes and he's saying the walls of madness strikes me back. As I crush my head, but not a crack can be seen on the faceless walls. Please help me, God. Oh, hear my call. So that's when he's, that is when he's asking God. reaching out, asking. He's reaching God for help. And then the the section that comes after that is the prayer. And he says, so I cried and with the tears of honest prayer to a spiritual realm, a living God, if existing. So this, we're going through his, all his torment and his attempt to relieve that torment. But the satisfying part that I really uh, just love and, and put, slaps a big smile on my face would be the sixth uh, part of this when that those vocals say, a hand reached down and took me. Uh, it's it's just so good because he's using that that deep, omnipotent tone. Yeah, and this and is it's also just when, so satisfying. And so much at this point is literal. Been, so much has been taken out at this yeah. point sonically where you're just in these winds yeah. and maybe it's the winds of salvation. He says a hand reached down and took me so gentle, firm and warm and placed me on a higher ground. My soul now felt no harm. And then the final section, the salvation says whispering, be still because I am with you. So we go through the, mm-hmm. the journey of madness and eventually come out into salvation and i love when everything gets taken away and mm-hmm. we're just in the those winds of salvation that 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 final section is just incredible yeah the wind it, so, sound is really cool and it's layered in in other parts of it too as background but when it takes the forefront it becomes really powerful yeah and i love the the other approach in that if you're hearing about salvation and torment and being relieved of those pains and, and all these themes that are used in here, you would, you would expect, you know, strings and organ music and gentle bells or things of that, but it's not, this is incredibly pounding, dark, industrial, crusty, decomposing. It's so good. And I really, really love the, the language and the sounds they're using to convey their thoughts with religions in general, when you're reading what he's saying and, and talking about his beliefs and devotion and where, what he believes 
is coming for us, depending on how you live your life, you can still apply that to yourself in in other ways. It doesn't have to be the exact way that Samuel Derling is saying it, but you can think about your own mental destruction and how you want to pull yourself out of that mental destruction. So whether or not it's religion or whether or not it's art or a combination of all of that, because for, you know, art can art and religion, of course, go hand in hand so many times it can be taken. You can, you can take these ideas and apply them to your own modes of thought. And I think that's what's so powerful about this album. Well, yeah, we appreciate things that can be open-ended, taken many different ways. Well, even in the in the liner notes, there's just a a quote that says, industry is an excellent guard to virtue. In a life always active, our passions have no opportunity to deceive, seduce, or or corrupt. And I like that idea, the idea of a, an active life. You do you don't have time for that sort of corruption. Now we prefer our corrupt passions. We enjoy those corrupt passions. But what about applying that just to other things or what? what corrupt and, by um, some standards. That's what I'm saying. So what yeah. about the things that we see as corrupt being the act of life makes it so that you're you can't let that in. I think you're saying that idle hands are a devil's playground. I, th- I think that's an absolutely <laughs> important life lesson. It absolutely is. You know, not doing anything always leads to mental destruction. (laughs) And then we have Illusion, an almost five minute track with sort of a military cadence to it. We've got the snares in there and these really sort of the meanest the vocals have been. They, They keep changing and shifting between the whispers and the commanding and the pleading and the praying and the resigned, but these are these like dark, venomous vocals on this one. Well, here's where the gunshots come in, and here's where they're talking about they're talking about the cities. They're talking about this is where the concrete comes in. You know, the cities consuming themselves from within, scatter the shadows, give Christ your life. This is talking about the downfall of yeah, the city they're ominous and corrupt it's a sin-soaked city and this is to me that that's why there's those military drums that's why there's those gunshot sounding hits where we're in these corrupt cities and it has this great loop and it's over like in 30 seconds every time they do that i'm like i want more and uh it's it's crazy how they just keep like this is what four minutes 44 seconds but how many different elements are involved just in this one track yeah yeah it's this crazy. is definitely a mean one and i think the reason the vocals are so are so much like that gray is because you're waking someone from the illusion you're waking someone from the illusion and you're talking about these these concrete jungles that are disintegrating and will continue to disintegrate decades after this track was recorded And then we have the closer of the cassette, which is The Lord Reigns. And this is one of my favorite pieces on here. So cool. And this is actually where I noted uh, Casadio as a sort of reference for it, although this would be considerably earlier than Casadio. The electrifying sounds and and then this sort of roar loop. Uh, I love the roar. Well, (laughs) it's, it's 
absolutely uh, a a fitting roar because it's the it's sort of the the final again it is the conclusion to the tape so it's it's bringing you to that roaring end you know the and it's that it's almost a a rejoice because yeah, that's what he it, says let the earth rejoice the lord reigns let the earth rejoice rejoice in the lord o ye righteous and give thanks to his holy name so it's that it's just that final roar out of the darkness just saying this is like some of the most wild praise music well, the I've vocals have a weird swagger to them on this one there's a yeah. there's a weird there's an unusual i'm not sure if it's a cockiness or confidence to it but it's also kind of uh you get the the uh soapbox barker kind of feel from it and I, I really like that. I like the different approaches they took to each of these tracks. And this one, I definitely heard uh, cheap metal. That was part of what reminded me of Kazodio was like hitting tin, hitting aluminum. And the metal sounds throughout the record are really, really interesting and really diverse, but also push through that sampler. So they, they everything sounds crude and a little ragged and not like it's supposed to naturally sound. And there's also this, just sort of crushed groaning loop that's running through this thing and this simple rhythm under it that it's a great end to the cassette. It's, it's very funny. This did take me back to the Renaissance fair when I worked there one summer behind the chain mail tent. <laughs> and again, gray, like you said, hammering soft metals. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, has it has that, that anvil hammering. <laughs> yeah, and it then does. The, yeah. Just, I like you said, the sort of, the square uh, on top of the box preaching type feel. And again, just say, you know, the Lord reigns rejoice in the Lord. So it has that ending to it. And, and it, and it has the, the ending to me is when you, after all this stuff, after something like illusion or after like going through hell and finding salvation, it's feels to me, they're saying all is grim, but not lost. So it, things are grim, but they're not lost because you still can There's find hope. Yeah. the hope in the world. And I think that's, again, something that you don't see or hear in industrial music, especially of this time and especially of the world that we're talking about. And that it's generally grim and it's and there's no way out. Mental destruction is showing you maybe there is a way out. I really, really enjoyed this, though. It just reminds you of when you're using archetypes and, you know, these things that are cultural touchstones, how potent they can become in your art. Yeah. And I think that's what's so great about having something like Mental Destruction, because it's a it's a band that can do that. And I think that's mm -hmm. so incredible. Well, this wraps up the cassette, which is what we're talking about for our main episode here. And I think we're going to hop over to our Patreon to discuss the remaining four pieces, which were added for the 1995 CD reissue on cold meat industry and functional organization. We absolutely are. And everyone go pick this CD up. It's, it's a great one. And if you, ha if you haven't heard it, it's a real gem of late eighties, mid nineties, Industrial as well as straw and intensity I love of that darkness too. And intensity yes. of darkness. So great, so great band. They're so industrial. Great, great band. Well, thanks so much for the regular episode. Now we're hopping over. Talk to the patrons.
You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.